Now Dragon Leap's been taken to the extreme outside here. And behind them, then Sacred Satono, Maria Farina. Further back, Maven Bell. Out wide, Dragon Leap. Mercurial's all over the place. And look at Whitech bursting through. Whitech's come from last for the Wizard of Wars. And Whitech, Whitech wins the Sistema Railway. Second over Bonnie Lass. And then Mercurial. Talk about the stars aligning. Just extraordinary. Whitech, of course, winning the Group 1 there yesterday. Uh, they went crazy speed in that race in the Sistema Railway with a tearaway leader. Whitech back last. Warren Kennedy had to thread the needle. Uh, ended up coming through on the inside. But seven winners, a heap of feature races. And uh, joining us to talk all about this South African rider. He's only been in New Zealand less than two years. Mick Guerin from the New Zealand Herald. And, of course, the Sky Racing Network and various other media, <laughs> uh, media channels. Good morning, Mick. Morning, Steve. Big hi to your listeners and happy new year to you. I'm looking forward to getting over there in about 10 days' time to see everybody for the Magic Millions and hopefully buy some fast horses. But, yep, we saw some fast horses yesterday at Pukekohe and most of them were ridden by Warren Kennedy. Even watching that again now, which I'm doing as I'm talking to you, the closing stages of that race, and he's got an unorthodox style. But Jeff Lloyd, you know, they used to he used to have this what they used to call the bounce, and but gee, he was so effective and so brilliant. And this guy rides, um, you know, in a similar type manner, Warren Kennedy. Yeah, I've spoken to Warren a lot about it because when you watch him, it's it's something which is very rare in this part of the world. If you're listening to this, obviously you can't see it, so. I'll try and describe it as best I can. So most jockeys in this part of the world obviously have their bum up and they sit high in the stirrups and and then they use their arms in a pumping motion heading forward to, to push the horse forward. That's basically how it works. And you don't see a lot of movement um, from the body. It's more the arms and, and working with the horse. Warren looks like he's uncoordinated. It looks so unusual because he's come through the South African apprentice jockey situation. And what he does is he, he keeps his legs, so if you're visualising this, think of the horse and the jockey's knees basically are on the side of the horse and then their, their thighs are above it. He keeps his knees very tight into the side of the horse so his lower body doesn't move at all. But his top half of his body, he tries to propel the horse forward as best he can using his whole body. So he rock his body back and he'll rock it forward and rock his body back and rock it forward. And the only other place I've seen it a lot is in Japan and sometimes not with the good riders. It just looks so weird, but it absolutely works. It's definitely less structured than what we're used to in this part of the world. And it's definitely using more of the body um, and probably in a higher motion, whereas these days when you watch a J-Mac or somebody, in the last 100 metres they're pushing their arms out and pushing the horse's head down. Um, Warren's a lot higher and uses his body really differently, and it took me a long time to get used to, which is why I had such a long conversation with him about it. Um, but he said, what I'm trying to do is extract the best from the horse using my entire body, and just trying to lengthen the stride in that last 100 metres. So it's got a fascinating philosophy. Um, it worked because yesterday at Pukekohe, he had 10 rides. He rode seven winners, including the Group 1 on Waitak, which we just heard, and three Group 2s. Now, usually you would say, surely he had a great book. Only one of them was under $4. There was one who was, or sorry, two, 
who were over ten dollars, um, and they were a lot of them coming from back in the field. So he's arrived on the New Zealand racing scene at a time when Opie Boston was totally dominant. And he, after Opie rode five on Boxing Day, has trumped that. Now, seven winners a day has actually happened before in New Zealand. Morris Campbell, um, who's well-known to call Yeah, we saw him in the Gold Coast for many years. Yep, yep, Morris, hell of a good rider, Morris. And he did something similar, I think, but at a minor meeting. But, but yesterday would be the single greatest body of work on a New Zealand racetrack by a jockey because of the Group 1 because of the three Group 2s, um, and sits alongside Opie Boston winning both Karaka Millions about four years ago as one of the biggest days on a New Zealand track. Of course, we've had some great jockeys do great things. James McDonald, and obviously Brent Thompson was a worldwide star. Shane Dye, Grant Cooksley, and of course, Lance O'Sullivan. And the Cassidy's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, the Cassidy boys. My apologies to Larry, who, who might be listening. No, no, I'm sure Jimmy's not. <laughs> but, um, but also, Lance <laughs> O'Sullivan won, um, uh, won a Japan Cup back when the Japan Cup was one of the biggest races in the world. So we've had those amazing experiences, but m- the majority of those jockeys' great performances weren't on New Zealand racetracks. What Warren did yesterday, um, by any metric you could possibly use, was one of the greatest, if not the greatest day for the single jockey on a New Zealand racetrack. Mm. Tell me a little bit about what's he like to deal with and is he personable? He's in his early 40s and he, he's been here less than um, two years, of course. And he came out with another young guy who had to go back for family reasons, didn't he? Around the same time, Craig Zaki? Yep, Craig Zaki came out at the same time. So there's a guy called Daniel Narclay. Um, who owns New Zealand's best three-year-old, a horse called Crocetti. And Daniel saw we had an issue with our apprentice riders and, and, and our riders coming through because we've lost so many good ones. We've lost James McDonald, we've lost Sam Collett, we've lost Jason Collett, all to Australia. So he said we need to get some good riders across. Now, obviously things are tricky in South Africa at the moment because of the enormous political change and, and there's a very high crime rate. So... Uh, he works with a guy called Donovan Manzor, and Donovan secured both Craig uh, and Warren to come out. They arrived, and people had no idea what to expect. Craig Zaki rode really well, but his wife wanted to go back home, which is understandable, so he left and would hope to come back. Warren brings something very different to the table. He's very talkative, incredibly intelligent, thinks a lot, and when you talk to the trainers, and he rides for all the top guys, he rode for Mark Walker yesterday, he rides for Lance O'Sullivan, who was a great jockey, um, he rides for Roger James and Robert Wellwood, he won a million-dollar race on Prowess last year. They love the feedback. So he'll get off a horse and track work or at the trials or the races, and he'll give them feedback, you're working this too hard, you're not working this hard enough, this needs blinkers, we need to do this. And it gives you another arm to your training operation, Steve, and, and that's been crucial. And it's really helped Lance Noble, um, who is the private trainer for Cambridge Stud. So they've got a great association. And when a guy like Lance O'Sullivan keeps trying to get you on horses, of course, Warren rode three for them yesterday, it's a great compliment. So what we do have is a lot of foreign nationals have come into New Zealand because a lot of the New Zealanders are getting too heavy to ride. It's incredibly hard to find 55 kg adult male New Zealanders because the race is getting bigger. So we have a lot of Mauritians, 
um, people of Indian background. Um, we have some Argentinians. We have a Swedish lass, Ulrika Holmquist, riding here yesterday. Um, we have a lot of foreign nationals come in, but Warren's older than them. Like he's 43. He's a senior jockey. He's won the premiership over there. So he's coming in and can automatically give that level of feedback through training, through trials and through the races, which all the trainers are raving about. And also, New Zealanders aren't naturally gregarious or very good orators, Steve. So a lot of our jockeys are quite quiet people. They're good socially, but they're not people who are going to be maybe um, as outgoing. Well, O.P. Boston's a bit, bit reserved sometimes, isn't he? Well, Opie's a very conservative guy. He's a little bit shy. Um, I know Opie really well. Obviously, I work with his wife, Emily, on that show way in. Michael McNabb's got way better at it. But, but you don't have probably one of the best talkers in the New Zealand jockey room is Lisa Allpress. So what you don't have is that level of feedback. Um, for anybody who wants to know more about Warren, and I'm not trying to push your own shows here, we have a, a, a racing review show, like Thoroughbred Weekly, but in New Zealand called Way In. Uh, it'll be on YouTube later today, and there's an, an eight-minute download with Warren about his life, um, how he rides, his weaknesses as a rider, and most importantly for your listeners, Steve, why he'll be staying in New Zealand, and even if he gets the offers and got a visa, why he won't be moving to Australia. So that'll all be there um, on YouTube today for people who want to have a little watch and see some of the action. Um, but, yeah, the bottom line is he won't be moving to Australia. He's moved his wife, Barb, who was a former trainer in South Africa, and his two beautiful young daughters here. And he said, I don't want to keep moving all the time. He said, I would love to go over there for a raid, but no, I don't want to move my entire family again. And I'm absolutely convinced you'll see him in Queensland for the Winter Carnival. Two reasons. It's a bad time to be in New Zealand. It's crap. And secondly, a lot of the people he's riding for are people who will want to go back. You know, Sullivan Scott Stable tend to go there. Obviously, they raced right tack in the Derby last year. Um, Tiaka want to go there. And they have the option to take Opie, of course. But Roger James and Robert Wellwood like going to Queensland. They won the Derby with Pinarello a couple of years ago. So a lot of those barns who utilise his services are likely to go to Queensland. And I think some of them would take Warren. And what you would happen if that does happen is most of the other Kiwi stables who are there would probably use him if, in fact, an Opie's not there. So I think you'll see him in Queensland. I think he'll be really suited to Eagle Farm. But he's very open about the fact that he doesn't have a lot of experience riding on the smaller fighter tracks. So yeah, he might need to learn some new tricks for a place like Durban. Yeah, I was, I was just having a look at some of his uh, stats this morning. You know, overall, but over 14,500 rides, over 1,500 winners. Uh, in South Africa, he rode eight, eight Group 1s. Uh, his first day at the races uh, was over 20 years ago, uh, 2003, August, at uh, rode a horse called um, Broadway Boulevard at Arlington. Um, and he wrote, he wrote a lot of winners for a trainer over there called Paul Peter. Uh, almost 300 for him. And he wrote a heap of winners at Greyville, uh, three, over 300 at that track. So his stats were very... He wrote a really nice mare called, I think it was a mare, Summer Pudding as well, won a heap of features on her. So he's got a great CV, hasn't he now? Well, he likes the big tracks. South African racing tends to be on bigger tracks. Greyville's obviously a very big track, as is Kenilworth. Whereas he, he's, Pukekohe is the biggest track we have in New Zealand in the top half of the North Island. So he loves Pukekohe. So he gets called the Wizard of Woz or the Prince of Pukekohe. 
because uh, he, he loves riding on the big tracks. He's never ridden at Ellerslie in a race. Oh, okay. So Ellerslie resumes on Sunday because Ellerslie has been closed for 22 months and he's only been here since 15. So uh, he'll be having his first ride at Ellerslie on 14th of January when it relaunches, so the day after the Magic Millions. And then he'll head to the Karaka Millions on January 27th. Now, so that's the, the, the day we're expecting to see Blake Shin back here. Warren and Opie will be there, of course. Maybe Jason Collop. They're trying to get James McDonald to come. And there was a Queensland horse eligible, but I'm not sure, Steve, you'll know better than I. Yeah, Tony yeah, Sears, which you've reminded me to chase up, a youngster yeah. that won in Brizzy a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's eligible for the Karaka Million, and they were talking about coming. But, of course, two-year-olds can get shitty this time of year, so I'm not sure whether he'll turn up. But, yeah, really interesting for Warren. He's now going to have to learn to ride another track because Ellerslie is going to be absolutely the home of glamour racing in New Zealand. And it's so much bigger and better as a racetrack than anything else we have. Um, that, yes, he, he's going to have his first experience here when the Australia track is launched on January the 14th. Yeah, that horse, Bo Dazzler, I see it's nom for one of those Gold Coast features on the weekend where they've had just a huge amount of rain. Yeah, so we'll put it this way. It, it, it's not a strong New Zealand Karaka million. And if it turns up, it's not going to need to be a superstar to emulate the likes of Sister Havana, who went on to win those races. But I have no idea exactly how good it is. I haven't dug into it because I'm not sure it's coming yet. But, um, yes, my advice would be it's not going to be as strong a Karaka Millions as some other years when, you know, genuinely good horses like Melody Bell and probably live on the race. Yeah, Liam Birchley, as you said, Sister Havana and Hardline and Sergeant Charge, I think from memory ran second. It was a bit stiff, the Queenslanders. Yeah, well, you guys do two-year-old racing better than we do, and therefore it's always going to be a competitive... Um, the good two-year-olds who can win at Eagle Farm are going to be competitive in New Zealand. Admittedly, it's got a little bit tougher the last couple of years because Tiaka tends to invest very well at the sales, but, of course, the Imperatrices and the Moves to Strikes of the world aren't eligible because... They're being purchased out of the Magic Millions. Just with move to strike, there was an expectation there following his debut, which looked visually very good, that he'd win yesterday at short odds. But the stable mate got over him. I know those three horses gapped the rest, but is that is that Blue Diamond form, Mick? In your opinion, that that no, eclipse? A, a, absolutely not, mate. The track was sticky yesterday. It went from an eight to a six, and it just got messy, and it was in the middle ground, but. Look, maybe you can take them to a Blue Diamond. They have a Cranbourne barn, so they can go to a prelude, and if things don't work out, they can send them home. But no, it, that wasn't good enough. Bellatrix stars, no superstar yet. There's a little bit of Melody Bell about it because she's really tough, but no, I, I wouldn't be taking moves to strike to the Blue Diamond. As I said, they might chuck them on the plane. It's 15,000 there and back and give them as options, but by no means could you be backing them in those markets at this stage. No excuses from everybody involved. Asked Opie, asked trainers. They were as shocked as everybody else. So if you did your money on the dollar forty chance, don't feel too bad. Nobody was expecting that. Yeah, which always, you know, when we talk South Africans, we think of Jeff Lloyd. And, um, we mentioned his style, not that dissimilar to Warren's and Robbie Fradd, Glenn Schofield. We had a guy here years ago called Glenn Hattie. Didn't have huge success, Glenn. Uh, Callan Murray's going well in SA at the moment. Carl Zessner's riding in Queensland. He rode it to Wimby yesterday. I'm sure there's a few others that I've missed as well. But, gee, as you said, they go through that tough school, that military-like school, and, gee, they've done well, some of these South Africans in Australia over the past 20 years or so, 30 years. Well, South Africans tend to like moving to Australia because it's warmer. 
I mean, not many people like moving to New Zealand because it's a lot colder than what they used to, but it's pretty warm in the North Island, so it's not too bad here now. But Warren loves it. And the the rumour mill was adamant that he's going to go to Sydney and all that blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, it's not that easy to get residency in Australia, although Peter Bolandis can probably help. But, um, but he does want to move. He wants to stay here with his family. He's got a lot of friends here. It's not like he's a 30-year-old kid who wants to get over there and get out of the town. You know, he's a married man with a young family, so he's happy in New Zealand. And I think we're going to see a bit more of it, Steve, rather than people moving, and not just jockeys, I'm talking trainers. The stakes are increasing in New Zealand, not to the same level, but not many people go to Australia and instantly are just the best. James McDonald is an exception. So I think a lot of trainers here, like I've spoken to Andrew Forsman and Stephen Marsh, and they said, yep, we want to stay here and race at this Ellerslie, and it's worth money, and we can pick our targets. We can go to the carnivals if we think that's the right way to go about things. So, yeah, you're going to see some smaller satellite-stable operations. Obviously, Tiaka had the scope to do so in a bigger way, but I think a lot more jockeys and trainers feel a lot more comfortable living in New Zealand now with the promise of the stakes increases and Ellerslie having a $350 million war chest and some of the new stuff that's going to be announced in coming weeks, Steve, than maybe they did three years ago. Three years ago, the light at the end of the tunnel was an awfully small light and it was an awfully long way away. Um, That light's almost now the reality for New Zealand racing. So I don't think you'll see as much movement. Uh, I think you'll see less, but I think you'll see more raids. And for Queensland... That can only be good news because it's a very obvious place for New Zealand horses to target at that time of year. So I think we could be in for a couple of really big years of New Zealand horses coming to the Brisbane Carnivals. Yeah, you spoke about Crescetti earlier and the owner got to entice those riders to come out. And uh, we got to speak to the trainer. I recorded an interview with him earlier this morning, just the latest with that horse. who's going to be at that big Caracas Millions program and Warren Kennedy up trying to make it seven from seven. Crescetti that day. That'll be huge. Well, Warren's ridden 13 black tight winners this season and the record for a New Zealand jockey, 17, jointly held by Michael McNabb and Opie Dawson. Um, he'll smash that. It's the 2nd of January, and he's ridden 13, and he's got a couple of crochetes to come. He's got a whole bunch of other things, and there's a lot of black-type racing in New Zealand. So, yep, he's going to um, he's going to obliterate that record, and he's going to obliterate the New Zealand stakes record. As of today, he's ridden 3.3 million in stakes for the season, which I know isn't much compared to Australia. But uh, the record's 4.7 million for Michael McNabb last season. Well, he's at 3.3. That's only another 1.4. Um, yeah, all going well. Uh, injuries aside, and we're hoping for none, obviously. Um, he'll go well past five. And we, he's riding at Thames tomorrow. <laughs> it's a bit of a comeback or a come down, but he's riding at Thames tomorrow. Hopefully he can ride a winner there as well. Is that far away, Thames, from where Warren is? Um, uh, no, it's, it's pretty close. But what he does do, because he's actually leading the New Zealand Premiership by eight over Michael McNabb, is he's been riding in the South Island. Now, if you're listening to this in Queensland, that would literally be like riding every week at Eagle Farm, Durban, Eagle Farm, Durban, Eagle Farm, Durban, but I religiously go to Ipswich, and once in a while I fly to Cairns. Now, that sounds totally ridiculous, but it's a 1,000 miles to some of the tracks he's been riding at in the South Island. Obviously, you have to go by plane. It's on the other side of the ocean. Um, or the, what they, what's called Cook Strait. So he's been riding there 
uh, at small stake meetings because he wants to win the premiership, uh, which is an enormous amount of dedication for a 43-year-old man. So uh, I, I, I think he'll win the premiership because of his dedication, because of his work ethic. He doesn't drink. He's not a, he's not a guy who goes out and celebrates. He didn't even have, have a drink last night. So um, it's a fascinating story. This person who now is such a big part of New Zealand racing, who 15 months ago, none of us had heard of. And I mean, I don't mean we'd heard of him, but we'd never seen him. We'd never heard of the bloke. And he's turned up, Steve, and he's now not rivaling Opie Bosson because Opie Bosson is the punting Denny God here. But yesterday, the buzz around Warren was massive. And this Caracan Millions meeting on the 27th, not only is it the hard relaunch of Ellerslie, it's going to have the richest race day in New Zealand history at 4.5 million. And it's going to have Blake Shin against all these guys. That OP Blake uh, Warren thing now is going to be completely off the charts, let alone the punting, because a lot of punters cleaned up on Warren yesterday. Had the horse he rode in the last race was a $12 chance all day. The multis were so expensive and costly to the TRB for the last race, it went around 4.5. Had it won, it would have cost the TRB 4.5 million which is a lot of money in New Zealand. That would have wiped out, that would have been equivalent to the entire turnover for the day all being lost. And not just the profit margin, the entire turnover. As it turned out, he ended up outside the lead and dropped out and finished last. So the racing gods have a sense of humour because the TRB bosses were absolutely petrified even to the last. It would have been one of the worst punting days in New Zealand history for the team. Yeah. Another South African I forgot who's just on the sidelines at the moment, Baron Vorster. There's another one. Nation, right? They're coming across here as adults, as fully formed people. Um, It's vastly different than coming across as a 19-year-old apprentice because not only is it really hard to make an impression, but it's really hard to avoid all the temptations in life for young jockeys. You know, people want to have a beer when they're 19, 20, 25, whatever. People want to have a night out. But, you know, Warren's coming here as a guy who is here to ride. Um, and, and that's been probably one of the most significant inputs or, or bonuses of this is his input to trainers. So, yeah, it's a vastly different experience than when you see some of these great young, young apprentices come through because you don't know where they'll be in five years um, because, you know, it, it's different. No one, most 20-year-olds don't know where they're going to be when they're 25, but when you're 43, you're probably a little bit more set in your ways and probably... Um, your patterns and, and your behaviour are more set, plus having the confidence to make your own decisions. Warren said to me yesterday in this interview, which will be available on YouTube, you can get it on Weigh-In NZ Racing. He said um, one of the biggest differences when you're my age and you think they're going too slow at the 800, you're not scared to take off. But when you're an apprentice, you are scared to take off because if you stuff it up, you're going to get a telling off by the trainers. He said, but at my age, you don't care about that anymore. Yeah, well, we saw so that really yesterday. In- that was a classic case in that first race, Grand Gallo for the O'Sullivan Scott stable. He got, he did exactly that, didn't he? Got rolling on the bend, and the horse was too good. Well, I suppose it's the confidence that comes with having done thousands of things right and tens of thousands of things wrong in your life. So, yeah, really interesting to talk to him about that. So, as I said, there's there's plenty of vision of that sort of stuff if you want to have a dig around today and play around on YouTube. But yes, it won't be the last time. Steve, I'm sure you and I talk about Warren. Um, and the horses he's got. Hey, there's riders as good as him all around Australasia. There's is he the best in the everywhere. world? Look, I, I'll, I'll be lucky. <laughs> as you know my views on these things, but I'll be lucky enough to see Ryan Moore up close, but I can tell you one thing, he's 
He's a far better conversationalist than Ryan Moore. <laughs> we had this conversation with the, the listeners that aren't aware. We just, uh, you know, people that are say, oh, it's the best in the world. It's just a, a nonsense, isn't it? Uh, when you start talking about that sort of stuff in whatever code, because um, we just don't know. No, we, we, you don't, know. You can get the ratings he's, experts uh, and all that, but yeah. He's got a long way to go to be Ryan Moore or even j yeah. but um, I'm not sure there's anybody riding any better anywhere in the world at the moment, particularly because all the Northern Hemisphere jockeys at the moment, or most of them anyway, not the North Americans, but the English and European ones, they're, they're on break. You know, they're basically, it's jump season over there, so they're enjoying the sun. Um, he's enjoying the sun in a different way, and as I said, it's exactly what New Zealand racing needs. New input, a fresh allergy coming back, huge stakes increases, um, yes, it's a good time to be involved in New Zealand racing, Steve. It's a very good time if you happen to be Warren Kennedy. Yeah, what, you got me wanting to watch that uh, weigh-in uh, podcast when it goes up, and I'll be doing that. Thanks for joining us, Mick. Hey, mate, it's always a, always a pleasure, Steve. Appreciate the time. And as I said, um, it, is a, it is a free-form television show. It's always there if you ever need to know more about New Zealand racing or why tackle where all those horses are heading. Um, it's not run by the TAB. It's run privately, so therefore we're allowed to ask the questions that sometimes other people struggle to ask. So, yep, that's available on YouTube. Just check out Way in New Zealand Racing. And the good news is you don't have to listen to me all day. Emily Bosson's on there, and she's not only a nice person, but she's nice to look at. So <laughs> maybe, maybe check out Way in if you've got some time on January the 2nd. That aside, I'll see the rest of you this afternoon. Stephen, look forward to seeing you at the sales in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you might have to come and join us for their outside broadcast, Michael Max, but we're doing uh, the Thursday and the Friday down from the sales complex. You might have to come along and, and join us one morning if that's okay. You, you, uh, you, you supply the Powerade, I'll be there. Powerade, is that what you drink? Okay. Well, it will be that day. <laughs> All right, fair <laughs> enough. Thank you. Cheers, Steve. Good talking to you, mate. There, there he is, Mick Gearan, talking about the extraordinary effort of Warren Kennedy.